Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown yet explained, and perhaps the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsink, with me all the way across the pond next to the amazing castle is Steve Parsons. Good afternoon. How are you? So what's this castle you got up on uh, an event going? Well, yeah, Pembroke Castle, one of the um, original big castles of Wales. It's it's a castle I've known since I moved down here in 2007. I think I moved down here. Um, in fact, it was one of the reasons I moved down here, uh, because I'd come down uh, the year before with a TV company to try and get to the bottom of the Pembroke Castle voice. A group of paranormal investigators from the Midlands in the UK had been down the year before, and whilst they were uh, investigating the castle, which has a cavern deep beneath it, they heard a disembodied voice screaming, get me out of here. And, really? Uh, yeah, really. And they recorded it, and then they all ran away. Uh, no, I'm serious. They did record it, and they did all run away. Uh, but the following year, they returned uh, together with the original uh, production company and uh, myself and uh, Dr. Simon Sherwood. And we'd spent a number of months with the recordings trying to understand what it was that they'd encountered. And what we did discover... Uh, from analysing the recording and then later talking to the production crew, is that what actually transpired that that dark and fateful night was that the one of the production crew, in a moment of despair in the middle of the night, had woefully picked up a CB radio, which the uh, the production team were using to communicate, and had balefully screamed, "Get me out of here!" down the radio. Um, Somewhat embarrassed by the response when everybody came flooding out of the, the cave, uh, he kept shtum. Oh. So, uh, yeah. So but he finally owned up to it? Is that what you're saying? He did finally own up to it a year later. What was interesting is, though, that the Pembroke voice, as it became known, actually sort of slipped into folklore. And a number of paranormal groups that visited subsequently actually reported hearing it for themselves. So uh, what I've done this time around is I'm very, very keen, as you know, to uh, I, I don't like this idea of, of public events where people are being pretending to do investigations where they're herded around like cats. Right. Um, and shown stuff, you know. Right, we're going to the to the to the Moncton Tower, and we're going to do some table tipping, and you'll get to watch. And then later on, we'll do some dousing, and you'll get to watch. So what I've designed is a ghost hunt where they're going to do the ghost hunting, 
Uh, I'm there to facilitate that. I'm there to, uh, with a team from Parascience, to make sure that they're well looked after and that they're safe. But it will be very, very hands-off, very non-interventionist. Were there just to make sure that everybody is uh, well looked after. But mm-hmm. the, the, the 20 participants, given the size of this castle... 20 participants is a tiny, tiny number, and they will be conducting uh, the investigation for themselves. They will be, they will have access to uh, the same methods that we use within parascience, um, and they'll have access, access all areas within the castle. Excellent. So uh, it's their chance to find out for themselves, as it says and, in the book. Can you, where can you get tickets for this, Stephen? Uh, the tickets are available on the Pembroke Castle website. So if you uh, just Google Pembroke Castle, it has its own website um, with the Freddie Mercury banner because there's a Queen tribute band playing there later in the year. And uh, you can buy your tickets. There's only 20 available. They're £20 each. And we'll even give you some nice warming food and hot drinks to sustain you through the through the wee small hours. Excellent, excellent. So joining us today is someone who I haven't spoken to for uh, a long time, actually. He's uh, another Scottish medium. You know, Stephen Scott has been on the show several times and came over here last year for a spirit quest. And uh, I've known him on and off only through Facebook and uh, his reputation, of course. And he is none other than Brian Boydell. Brian, you there? Hello, guys. Hey, good evening to you. Good evening. Okay. So, Brian, I, I haven't spoken to you for quite a while. I, I, I'm just curious. Uh, you know, what have you been up to? Um, bits and bobs of the paranormal, I suppose, and a couple of private things that um, basically involves authorities that I can't speak about at the minute. But um, basically, your everyday paranormal stuff, mystical stuff, self-awareness teaching, mm-hmm. um, metaphysics. I like the, of course, I think you'll maybe remember, Ron, uh, I like the esoteric side of it and the knowledge side of it because I believe that you should basically have an open mind and um, add together as much as you can um, everybody's opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had it on my website for many years to marry together the science side as much as you can, and the mediumistic side, if you like. So, just still dodging along with what I can and trying to help people as much as I can, mate. Excellent. Um, you know, I, I always intrigued by this word mystic. Uh, you know, when I, when I think of mystic, I think of like, you know, uh, the Dalai Lama or, or some... Uh, to you, what, what, is, what is mystic? What, what does it exactly mean? Well, for me, Ron, I mean, as probably Steve will tell you, um, everybody's got this opinionated, uh, based on knowledge, I would take it, um, different opinions of the genre. Right. And I'm a great believer and you can't judge anybody because we only have our own personal experiences to, to that are relevant, really, when you mm-hmm. boil it right down. So for me, the, um, the mystic thing comes from mysticism, from Gnostic stuff and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes in basically a whole of life. It can be very profound, and that is a problem sometimes because when you go 
into some events, you can't really go to that level because a lot right. of people obviously wouldn't understand a lot of what you're talking about. But mm-hmm. a lot of the people that are there that have studied it well have been involved in it a long time. They do understand, so they're on your wavelength, and so you can learn for each other, you can share things and hopefully pull together and um, help as many people as you can. So as a mystic, I want to go to the term mystic. As, as a mystic, are you like a, a traveler on a journey? And as you go, you, you learn and you gather more knowledge as, as you travel this journey. Well, I think, Ron, everybody is. Regardless mm-hmm. of whether you're involved in the paranormal or not, everybody is on a life journey. You're born, you have your middle bit, and then you pass on. It's as simple as that. So I think that what we learn in life, um, we have to use to the best of our ability, and that's all we can do, eh? Mm-hmm. It's just a journey. It is for everybody, regardless of the level of mentality you have, the, the level of ability. It's just it's just a journey, basically. A lot of people have, um, as you'll probably have read or, or, or found out, um, fancy words for it and, you know... Uh, the Royal Road, the Red Road, there's a hundred different things for it. Um, but basically, I believe in not chasing life, just let life come to you. Let knowledge come to you, because then you know it's for you. Mm-hmm. If Once you go chasing it, you're basically using, I believe, it's an egotistical play then. Do you understand what I'm meaning? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, that's that's it's probably the number one. Come to you. Yeah, then. it's probably the number one problem of the the paranormal field is that people are uh, chasing life. I would think, don't you think, Stephen? So much. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I I like I like Brian's sentiments of just live life, um, but I I do chase knowledge. I chase people's experiences. I chase. The, the you know the, the understanding. So um, I, I don't know whether that's egotistical or whether that's just a thirst for knowledge. No, that, that, I understand where you're coming from there, Steve, and I fully agree with you to that point because we have to have balance in life. Um, what I'm what I'm saying is my perspective from one side, but we have the other side, like what you're saying. I mean, I've chased knowledge myself for many years, <laughs> so. You're absolutely right. What I'm meaning by by what I said was, if you let life come to you, then what what's coming to you is meant for you. But we can also obviously create what what um, we wish to, like what you're saying, and that that's fine. Everybody's entitled to do and think and act and behave whatever way they want, as long I believe that you're not hurting anybody because that is the opposite intention of being spiritual. It's about intention. That that sounds remarkably like the uh, mantra and philosophy of the of the early practitioners of the Golden Dawn and similar esoteric cults. Do do what thy will shall be the whole of the law, for example, uh, but hurt none. I, you know, there is there is this. There's always been this assumption uh, that Crowley and and the Golden Dawn were were sort of evil, but. That was never, you know, if you actually read and study, as I'm sure you have, Brian, um, the early mystics, uh, the Western mystics, that the, the, they they were saying very much what you've just been saying. Well, 
the bottom line for myself is I can only talk personally because I don't believe it's right to judge anybody <clears throat> unless you have fact. Mm -hmm. Facts facts speak for themselves. They have to be proven fact. Other than that, you're making a judgment, which I haven't got the right to do with anybody on the earth. But um, I, I can only speak personally, and my personal opinion is if you can't be doing the good, if you like, the good work, if you like, with every single thing that you're involved in with this, to the best of your ability, mental capacity, then you should step back. Because it's for to help people, it's to be of service, it's not for the self. Okay. Isn't isn't the quest for but that's knowledge? From my, that's from my point of view. Being an investigator is a totally different thing. Yeah, I was going to say because the quest for knowledge is it's not just it, it's primarily primarily driven for self, isn't it? But also there is the the idea of expanding that knowledge and sharing that knowledge ultimately. Yeah, to that's... to add to the greater you know the greater good the greater understanding of everybody. Yeah, well, that's um, what I believe they might encompass um, spiritual evolution. Mm -hmm. Understanding understand through shame. That is how it builds. I, 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 I've, I've been reading through some of your web pages and some of the reports from your own paranormal investigations. Um, yeah, I want to get into that a little bit about the paranormal stuff. Yeah, and I've uh, Ron knows I've uh, we have we've had uh, a number of mediums on the show over the years, and I've always asked those who do paranormal investigating the same question. It's probably a boring question now for Ron, but <laughs> I, I've always been intrigued by this idea because spiritualism and the idea of uh, mediumship goes back millennia. Uh, and is based upon the intrinsic idea that the dead survive uh, or, or the intelligence survives bodily physical death and that they uh, mediums can communicate through that barrier um, and yet mediums go ghost hunting That's right. why, why is that because you know you're, you're starting off on the basis of you already intrinsically know that you're onto a winner because the ghosts must be there so why are you hunting for them well, um, I believe that not every place that you go to um, is going to be um, active for a start off. Um, I've been to a few places and I've had to actually just tell the people, this is flat here, what we, mm -hmm. you know what I mean by that, Steve, obviously. Um, and later on, sometimes it, it, it becomes a bit more active. Sometimes a couple of, well, not very often, but a couple of times it hasn't. So I just have to be honest and tell the truth. And it's not there for me, so that I have to say it's flat, as far as I'm concerned, from a personal point of view. But the reason that I got involved in it at the beginning was to help charities. Mm -hmm. I was asked to... Um, do these events, blah, 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 many years ago, and I agreed because it was for charity. That's why I started off doing it. Mm -hmm. Brian, when you started doing these for charity, was that, uh, and I'm just curious, there's nothing to, to do with, with you in reality, but more why they were doing it. Did that come after uh, Most Haunted came out? Was, was there a rise in that interest from charities about uh, ghost hunting at that time? Was, was that the, the catalyst for that? Mm. I think you're right. I, I I can remember, as you guys will probably know, Most Haunted was a long time ago now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Thank so, uh, the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, ditto. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, it was. There was like this. I think the media brought people sort of out of woodwork. Do you know? It was an, to me, it was an entertainment thing. So they wanted entertained. So all of a sudden, these companies sprung up everywhere, and then you had, um, how could I say, I'm not knocking anybody, because obviously there's, I believe there is a lot of genuine mediums, but um, all of a sudden you had a, an upsurge in um, hundreds of mediums that was never there the year before. That's true enough. So, um, good luck to them, uh, wish them well, they might be really, really good. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, to try and answer your question is, yes, I did notice that at the time, that the media started to um, create these programmes uh, to do with the paranormal genre. OK, I see that. So, it, and do you still find that there's a great need for, I mean, not a great need, but a, a great demand for, for paranormal events? Well, in the last, I'd say, uh, three, four years, I think it's went backward a little bit, to be honest. Because at one time, uh, the UK was covered in, in companies that was doing these events. Um, and there's no, I don't think there's so many now. Oh, oh, contraire, Brian. Oh, contraire. <laughs> think so? Do you think so? Yeah, I was, I was, I was reading you. You did an interview with um, Silent Voices back in 2010, and it was interesting that you and I both yeah. made, uh, you and I both made uh, the same ju- wrong, very wrong judgment call back then when we, because you say in the interview that uh, that you believe that the the the, the sort of the paranormal woo woo paranormal uh, quote you hear is I believe is coming to an end and its place will be taken by more constructive educational paranormal and spiritual media. I'm now ready. that that was my own thoughts in 2010. I honestly thought the wave had, had broken that that. Uh, the the TV shows were were sort of on the decline, and the groups would would uh, decrease in numbers, and that people would go off and, and chase flying saucers and black dogs and Bigfoot and pugwudgies. But do you know what? Uh, Twenty fifteen has arrived, and there are just as many paranormal groups out there. All of them, virtually all of them, event companies uh, in one form or another, um, and the craziness continues apace. It's not change, and I think the, the reason for that has to be social media. But, you know, you, you say there's, there's more and more groups like that, but and then they run events, but are these events really ex- acceptable? Because a lot of these paranormal groups were the people that went to the original events. Well, you know, that's the eternal question. You and I both do public events, Ron. It's... Mm-hmm. Uh, I... I, I, I I know I've fought a long time to try and reconcile that because you have to engage with people who are interested in the paranormal. And the only successful way to do that is is either through the media or by taking the people into the locations where, let's face it, they want to be. Now, you can either, you know, once you've got them there, it's what you do with them, I think, is important and different. But, you know, it was interesting when, when I was reading Brian's interview, uh, and he says many interesting things in the interview, which can be found on the Silent Voices magazine webpage. Uh, but that one, we both made the, the same sort of judgment call uh, prediction, and we both got it wrong. Well, I believe, if, if, you, if I may, 
that what I was meaning in there, as far as I could remember, Steve, um, I was talking about events, not the media. And from from a from a educational point of view, I have actually seen. I don't know what like it is where you are, but there is a few people actually trying to incorporate more of an education into the events that I've I've been on and spoke to other people. That, uh, is, that uh, is actually happening right now. It must be different north of the border, and I can only say then in that case the well, Scots are, are, are more enlightened and more ahead of the rest of us over here uh, in the UK. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying no, that... No, I'm saying that, you know, if you're just actually... Just lately, this is uh, starting to happen. Yeah. And part, of re- part of the reason at the time that I said that was because there was a lot of people coming and saying to me things like, um, is this it on an event? They were wanting more information, more understanding. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That, that is part of the reason that, that I said that, because it was feedback from travelling over round about the UK to all these uh, event places. You, you'll probably have been to them all yourself, obviously. And these people were saying, is that it? Uh, and I'm saying, well, look, I'm, I'm just here as a medium. I'm not in charge here. You know, so they were wanting more more education. In fact, I've just done uh, four lately in the last three or four months, and people were loving the fact that they were being educated. When you say educated, now I've I've been in exactly the same dilemma because um, down here at Pembroke they were in exactly the same position, saying you know people had been to the uh, on, on investigations there and said, "Is that it?" And I was asked if I could do something. Now, you say education. Um, how how do you square that circle? How do you bring education into this uh, this public arena? Well, as I said, it's been late. It's just been lately. But um, what what they, what they were wanting was basically a space within the time limit for the event for for. Um, um, a workshop, meditation, understanding about uh, energies, uh, the universe, whatever. They, they were loving this stuff. They were eating up. So, so, so what you've been incorporating then, it, uh, that's interesting. You've been incorporating uh, effectively, uh, if, I'm, if I'm understanding you correctly, joining together the idea of investigation with spiritual development in a sense um, uh-huh. I was trying to put it over more Steve in a self-awareness way okay. using analogies and, and, and yeah. parables and things like that so that people could understand that it was difficult because as you know there's a lot of people there and you don't know everybody's level of um, knowledge understanding. Yeah. And, and understanding so you've got to try and keep it Balanced, where everybody can grasp what you're trying to put across to help them. Right. You know that's that's an interesting thing because uh, I know I work with a lot of different mediums, and you know some of them, uh, you know, they just do it. But 
but others, you know, they get offended because some people expect them to be like trained monkeys where they, you know, they act on, on demand. And, and I find that very enlightening where people want to learn more about the process rather than, you know, just the results, I guess. Yeah, Ron, you're right. I, I've heard a lot of mediums say that, that they feel sometimes that what do they think uh, I am sort of thing, like a trained monkey, as you say. Mm-hmm. I, I can, again, I can only speak for my own personal self. For me, it doesn't work that way. It just does not work like that. If it worked like that, we'd all know the lottery numbers, we'd all know this, we'd all know the next thing. It does not work like that. Okay. Uh, to me, where there's more of an emotional energy, <clears throat> excuse me, it works more, stronger, and better. We have a question in the chat room uh, from Bill who asks Brian, when you do events, do you communicate with just the spirits that are at the location or uh, do you get uh, spirits that come in, uh, I presume uh, brought in uh, and linked into the people themselves, the participants? Um, Yes, but um, nine times out of ten, uh, I'm told that I'm not allowed to communicate that. On an event for personal things. Really? Oh yes. Wow, that's. I mean, that's. I don't know. Isn't that honesty? If someone comes in, I mean, you, they're there. I mean, it's it's not like why shouldn't you tell anybody? I, I, I as an event organizer, I would I I would be offended by that if you weren't allowed to be truthful and and tell uh, you know the, the uh, people what was really there. Well, that's a fact, Ron. Um, yeah, it feel, it's frustrating for me, actually. Mm-hmm. It's probably frustrating for a lot of other people who are like me. But I'm not the boss. Right, that's true, yeah. And that's it. So I have to go with their, their outside. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I just um, get the, what do, what do you want me to do beforehand? Right, fine, that's it. Blah, blah, blah. Post <laughs> night. <laughs> how how do you? Do, I mean, it must it must pre- present a conundrum though. You've got these spirits that these that are attached to the people uh, who are desperate to communicate, and you're like, I can't That's speak to you. The, yeah, they yeah they won't they 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 won't allow me to speak to you now. Just quietly <laughs> don't sit in the corner. <laughs> that yeah, well, must get that must that must create some um, interesting moments. Yeah, it does, Steve. Because I mean, um, how can I put that? Can you imagine seeing some spirit person? I call them spirit people. Now, they're standing there or making me aware of them, solid in front of me, and I can't speak to them. That's, yeah. that, that makes me feel ignorant. That Do you ever have any negative reaction from the spirits who are being ignored? That's an interesting <laughs> question. Do they ever get cross? <laughs> they just don't leave you alone. They just keep trying and trying and trying. So you imagine, you know, it would be pretty frustrating if they're trying to pass a message and you're just ignoring them. Well, uh, well, uh, I don't ignore them. I actually mentally ah, explain right. to them. Okay, we we actually have to take a break right now. So uh, I, I still want to touch on that a little bit more f- uh, f- after the break. But uh, anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles right here on Tojinet Pararex Planet Paranormal. You tune in that. The ghost box or wherever else 
dead voices are heard. And um, with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick, and our special guest has been Brian Boyle. We'll be right back after the following messages. Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be with remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased. We'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange, deranged, unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew, it's time to rendezvous. As we give the awards to the Parrax family. Greetings and felicitations. I am Ron Kolek, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the Blonde Bombshell. And we're here at the elegant Benford Hall, the Downton Abbey of Venice. And we would like to extend a formal invitation to you. To tune in every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. On Tokenet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and Planet Paranormal. You can even listen live on your smartphone with your tune-in app. I'll catch the podcast on iTunes. And now, time for tea. for part two of Ghost Chronicles International. What's interesting about that last trailer, I get it every week, is the, and now time for tea. Well, if you hadn't thrown the tea in the harbour, you wouldn't have been in this situation now, would you? But anyway, you're listening live to Ghost Chronicles International, not from Downton Abbey, but from West Wales and from New England. And, and I guess I'm just coming to that. And our guest tonight is north of the border in a very cold and very stormy Scotland, um, psychic medium Brian Boyle. And Ron was exploring, in fact, we were both exploring this idea of ignoring spirits um, who are desperate to communicate. 
Yeah, I did too. So I will leave it to you to continue to pursue that line because we don't want to any. Um, we don't want to ignore anybody. I don't want you getting cross. There you go. I, yeah, Brian. I mean, that must be so difficult for you. I, I just can't get it, and it must be frustrating for the spirit as well. Well, what I have done on on occasion is, um, I will say the person in question. Mm-hmm. Um, call me if I feel it's important. Really, if it's that a strong vibration, if you like, or energy, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, then I'll I'll, I'll speak to them over the phone. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do these events and you do get, like, for instance, the spirit that isn't there and it, it, it he tries to, does, does he just try to communicate with you or, or would he, I mean, you know, throw pebbles, I don't know, or, or move an object or slam something as well? Uh, would he do that as well or is, or is it just... Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know about the, the spirit world as as much as you do, Brian, as far as communicating with them on an event. I mean, I mean, do they have a sense of humor where they would do something like just just to scare people or, or just to show their frustration? Ron, as far as I'm concerned, spirit people are just the same personalities as we are. Mm-hmm. The humor, the, the, the pushy, that the, the can be conservative, they can be whatever. Yeah. Um, but to answer the other part of your question, yeah, I've, I've seen them, um, oh, sorry, should I use the word be aware of personal communication, and because I've said, look, I can't do that in a minute, later, or whatever I've said to them, um, they do try and communicate with other people. Um and you get the usual knocks and bangs and all the things you guys have experienced. Mm-hmm. But um, that's the best way I think you can do it when you're under that. Um, so what I'm looking for, under that basic rule book, uh, is just to go on uh, awareness and see how important it really is. Because obviously, some of the things that you're told are very personal, are very concerning. Um, so therefore, it is your um, intention to help people. So the best way I can do that is, uh, because I live in Scotland, let's say I'm in Brighton or somewhere, mm-hmm. then you just I just give them my number or whatever if they don't already have it and just say, look, call me such and such and I'll try my best to help you. I'll tell yeah. you. Because then I'm out with... The real book. Okay. You, you know, that's fascinating. I, I just, I'm, I'm simply amazed that they would actually tell you. That. I mean, I remember an investigation we did at the uh, uh, Houghton Mansion out in uh, North Adams. And uh, I think it was, it was, they were doing, it was, we had a medium there, and, and I was involved actually too. And it was, uh, we did uh, glass swirling, which is, of course, my favorite thing to do. I love glass swirling. But anyways, and it was, it was like, I know. Get over it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realize I sighed loud enough then. Yeah, I heard it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it was really interesting because, like, the first – we had three sessions that night. And the first two sessions, it was, like, Masons coming in. You know, everybody associated with the building. And then the, the last one was, like, really funny because it was uh, – 
all like grandmothers that came through. And it, it was it was really interesting because it was a lawyer there who was like rolling his eyes all night long and and uh, uh, making fun of everything else. And then he was doing this. And all of a sudden, his uh, grandmother came through and all this information came out. And his face turned <laughs> all kinds of shades. He, he, he just couldn't deal with it. He started crying. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, um, just lately there, there was a, I was on an event and um, I actually never saw any spirit uh-huh. but I was given information uh, mentally and just it was actually just through curiosity as we were leaving a part of the building I said does anybody here understand this and funny enough one of the guys that was actually looking after the building that I hadn't met until obviously that night uh-huh. understood everything that I had said and he said it was his grandmother <laughs> <laughs> So I didn't even know it was your grandmother, but it was where she lived, blah, 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 where she was brought up, her house, you know. So I think, in a way, maybe the spirit world knew I wouldn't tell anybody if they knew I was to go direct to somebody. So they've done it with, in a sort of twisted, roundabout way so I wouldn't know who it was. Ah. You see? Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's so fascinating. And I know for, for Steve, it's difficult to understand mediumship and... Not in the slightest. You forget my ancestry, Mr. Cole. Uh, yeah, it's I, certainly difficult for Steve to understand glass whirling. Oh, how can you not? Glass whirling is like the best thing in the world. I mean, the no, it's not. Pot- no, we've, bo- we've both agreed that the crack cocaine for ghost hunting and paranormal investigators give them a ghost box. Oh, I don't think so. Grass glass swirling is just I so passe. Glass swirling is so perhaps passe. the most. It's so fun. It's absolutely fun. I would go into a bar and do glass rolling. I absolutely love it at events. Events. That's. I would absolutely love doing it then. So, anyways, that's our little take on glass rolling. But so, Brian, um, with, with, on these investigations, which one has been the most really interesting one from you? Uh, and, and I'm going to ask you this in, in two parts. First of all. What location was really, really interesting? And then what experience was perhaps your most interesting as well? Oh, geez. Uh, there's been quite a few I've enjoyed. Well, I'll take out a couple of, you know. Right. Um, the first one that springs to mind is, uh, I'm sure Steve will know it, Preston Manor. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a really good night. Um, to me, that place is very active. Um, there was two or three experiments that uh, I tried with the people and it worked every time on demand. There was a great group there that I respect. The guys are uh, very honest and stuff like that. Uh, um, the pigs, do you know them, Steve? Yes, I'm um, I'm, I'm well aware of that group. Uh, yeah, yeah, so, um, well, that was uh, many years ago now, like, but um, that was an excellent night. Uh, another one would be uh, Bisham Abbey a place uh, I know very well as well uh, Margam Castle was quite good when I was <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah Mar- Margam's virtually my back my backyard John uh, uh, Brian sorry um, yeah um, the other one was um, where did John come from then that was a psychic drop in I think I apologise for that <laughs> <laughs> Um God, 
what's a, oh god oh mate, I forgot the name it's in um, is, is it um, near where Nori lives uh, that would be Wimmering the, or a Wimmering for the explosion the Wimmering 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 yeah yeah that was quite a place a... Uh, yeah a place I, I I was part of the most haunted investigation of that one yeah um, yeah yeah, that, summed it up, that summed it up rather well then, Brian, yeah. <laughs> that was the first night I met Kieran, actually. Really? Yeah, and there. So, then, um, what, for the most haunted? No, no, no. Oh, the event at Wuthering. Uh, ah, right, I was going to say, because otherwise, you, if, if it had been the most haunted, you and I would have met, because... No, no, it was... You've um, never met Brian, uh, Steve? He has, he has been very fortunate to have avoided me for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> He's an extremely lucky man. <laughs> I would say it's other way about. <laughs> Steve actually—he uh, puts uh, little check marks on his uh, K two meter every time he meets a medium. <laughs> no, they're like kill marks on the door of the car. I know that's what I was saying. <laughs> but, um, well, everybody to their own. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, you're doing it. You're doing it to me again, Ron. You're painting me out to be the 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 bad guy here, the 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 medium um, killer. Yeah, which, which which, as you really genuinely know is not the case, is it? Never judge oh, a by their cover. He knows it's not true. He just likes to paint me in, in this in this way on the show. Well, you got to be the good, the bad, and the ugly. So. Well, I'll, well, well, I'll paint you tartan, Steve. That's a good colour. Yeah, tartan's a good colour. There have been some... I mean, it's interesting that you're Scottish because there have been some renowned Scottish mediums down down the years. Um, I mean, even contemporary ones. Obviously, we've had one or two of uh, whom were questionable. Um, you say, perhaps, Helen Duncan. But, you know, recently, uh, Gordon Smith um, has, has uh, been, you know, acclaimed as a medium. Prior to him, there was Daniel Hume. Uh, there have been, you know, uh, uh, there's a great... Do you think that's something to do with the Celtic blood or, you know, the, the, this idea of uh, Scottish, uh, the Scottish heritage producing mediums? Because there are a great many mediums who are Scottish. Yeah, um, one of the best ones I could remember was a, a man called Albert Best. Yes, I've heard of him. He was fantastic. I mean, this guy was... Well, there's uh, no many words there to say, eh? I mean, he was terrific, uh, as far as I'm concerned. But, um, but was he Gordon, good because Gordon he was knew him really well. Gordon knew him really, really well. Uh-huh. Um, but um, what was your question there again, sorry? Do you think being Scottish is actually, is it something in the, in the Scots blood that, that creates these, these, these good mediums? Because there have been a number of. Did you say renowned, good mediums, Steve? I'm sorry. There have I, been I, a number of well, you know, respected, renowned mediums, and I did, I did pre- prefix that by saying there'd been one or two, been a bit dodgy, and named Helen Duncan, Hellish Nell. Um, but you know, yeah, well, I, to an extent, I believe you're you're you're, mm, you're on the right track in a sense. I think it's because the Celtic mentality, rather than. Um, just being a good medium. Um, but I think there's also, there could be a genetic thing there. Uh, I've not finished tracing that, but I was looking into that slightly because, um, no, you're going back a long, long, maybe thousands of years, but um, 
there's a lot of people in the Celtic countries, uh, seemingly um, with ancestors from um, Asia, southern Italy, uh, all these places. And these places was well known at the time for this. Um, but um, I've also met many good English mediums. You know, so, and I mean, really I mean, good. The, the Scots Highlanders have a, the Highland Scots have a particular reputation for being seers, don't they? I thought you were having a joke with me there because just recently something funny happened and I, I had to laugh. You obviously have heard probably of the Brahmins here. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, well, somebody was having a bit of banter with me just a few months ago and um, they called me the Fife Seer and I just burst out laughing, you know, because, uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm just me and that's the way it is. You know, I don't look for any fancy labels or anything like that. I just do what I do, hopefully respectfully and to the best of my ability, to be honest, and that's it. But uh, it was quite funny at the time, and it's funny you mentioned that. We have, um, just checking the chat, the chat room as well, um, Kirsten has, has, has sided with Ron and reminded me that during uh, Spirit Quest at Vizi, during the glass swirling experiment, uh, that both she and Leslie, uh, who's the psychic medium who was there, Leslie Marden, Marsden, um, pointed at the same time to the same place where they sensed energy was coming in. And uh, Anne and the woman next to me, so I assume that's Anne Kerrigan, uh, agreed and said it was the same thing, that they all felt it. So how could it be so easily dismissed? I guess I'm getting told off now for... Uh, <laughs> it wasn't just the glass that was going round. It was a sensation we all felt as well. Well, I wasn't there uh, during that particular experiment. Um, right. Actually, that, was, that was, wasn't at Spirit Quest, Steve. That was, it wasn't. Uh, that that's was why I wasn't there. Then. That was during okay. Halloween. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that you could say about that, uh, just to be sceptical for a moment and putting my Cal Cooper hat on, I'm talking well. You know, you mean Cal Cal well, I was going to say if I put my cow hat on, I'd be talking gibberish. But uh, if if anyone want to, anyone want a free copy of telephone calls from the dead? Um, if I was to consider, you know, you get a group of people and the glass is swirling around the table and they got their fingers on it, then you have this circular motion, and somewhat inevitably, in the dark, you you start to go with it a little bit. Uh, but I wasn't there, and people do. Uh, you know, have have interesting experiences. I'm not going to dismiss. I've said all along, I believe people see ghosts, uh, but I always question the experiences and I study the experiences, so I'm not dismissive of them. Hmm. I you just think, you know, glass swirling, it's just so last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I love it. it, it'll be dead of Crack cocaine. Yeah, anyways, uh, I was actually watching Arthur C. Scott, uh, not uh, Arthur C. Clarke, who you know, uh, Stephen, right? I've never met him. Yeah, well, anyways, uh, one of the interesting things he said it, to me, like he was talking about UFOs, and he says, I really don't care about the sightings. He says, I'm really more interested in the experiences of the people. And I, I thought that, uh, I thought of you when I thought of that. Well, yeah, I, I it, it, for me, it's never been about you know whether, uh, belief. It's never been a question of whether people see ghosts. I, I absolutely do believe. And Stephen has, has you know given us some great examples from his own investigations. But 
it's about, for me, it's about studying the experience. I don't have the abilities that Stephen and other people have, so I have to explore them with other means uh, in a more questioning manner. And that leads me to a question, because a question that we do get asked a lot on the show, and I get asked uh, in other, you know, events that I do too, mm-hmm. uh, is, Stephen, do you define a difference between a ghost and a spirit when you're on an investigation? Um, Stephen, Brian, yeah, Scott on the mic. This is no, you know, I'm Norman, to it like you know. Yeah, I'm cha- I'm, tonight I will be channeling Ron Cole like he normally gets everybody's names wrong. It's <laughs> my turn tonight. <laughs> Could you repeat the question? Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do you define any difference between ghosts and spirits when you're conducting an investigation? And I keep apologising for channeling the spirit, the living spirit of Ron Cole. Yeah, well, I mean, um, wow, um, spirit. I call them spirit people, mm-hmm. right? Now, as you know, Steve, you get residual energies, um. And you get active energies. Mm-hmm. Now, to define, to, sorry, to define a ghost from a spirit is actually sometimes quite difficult because different people have different perceptions on what a ghost is from the public's point of view. Okay. Somebody like yourself, who's been uh, involved in this for a long time, obviously knows. But the public, um, how can I put it? This word ghosts has been around for a long, long time. So therefore, the people who aren't that involved in it, who just want to go to an event to see what's happening or curious or whatever else, the first thing they'll say nine times out of ten is, is that a ghost that made that noise? Is that this? Is that that? Whereas... I'll say no, it's a spirit, because a spirit person has intelligence. Okay. Therefore, okay. it can make things happen. You see, that makes that makes perfect sense because you know it it it, it removes the, the 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 problem of recordings and uh, residual energy and all the other descriptions of ghosts because you're specifying there that the spirit is is. Is demonstrating intelligence. Yeah, um, yeah. you know we've so got all this. Relate to that. We've got all this um, idea as well for certain people that believe that you know it's like playing a tape back in a building in the brick mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? So, but what I'm looking for, I'm looking for active ninety percent of the time, because then I know I can ask them to do something physical. That's why, because if I'm I'm picking up on residual energies, I can't prove that to anybody who's on that event, basically, unless they have a high level of sensitivity and can see it or feel it or sense it for themselves. So I'm I'm wanting to look for something that's active, that's there, an energy that is intelligently there. In other words, an example would be uh, Mary King's Close many years ago. Ah, yeah. Um, I think it was the first time I was ever there, and it was a private event. 
there was only about seven of us there, and two of the, uh, I think it was five, five crew members, including myself, and the lady, I've not left her name, but the lady who ran the place, and her friend who worked there. Uh, and we were there through the night, and we went into a certain part of the building, and the subnerves was in a certain room. And it was like my head was gently turned to the side so that I can see what was in front of me. And I saw this solid spirit. Right? So I'm saying to myself, right, I need to get something here that isn't in the public domain or something like that, right? So I asked the spirit, tell me something that nobody here knows, that I don't know. And the words that I got was... Just tell them about the marble brine. That was the very words I got, so I said that. And the lady who runs Mary King's Close basically went white. And she said, two weeks ago, I was down here on my... uh, Well, American friends, she says, and there's nobody on the planet knows this except her and her friend from America. And the guy had kicked something in the room that we were in and walked forward, and it was a marble. Hmm. So you hit it right on the thing. It sounds like a celebi thing, right. but there's no way on earth that anybody could know that. Right. How did you find the close? Um, it's one of my favourite locations. I've spent many, many days and nights uh, on my own in, in, in Mary King's Close. This is uh, an underground street in, right in the centre of the capital of Scotland, Edinburgh, or Edinburgh as the Americans insist on calling it. Um, what, it's got a reputation for being haunted way, way back to the 17th century, hasn't it, uh, Brian? Uh, what are your impressions? Because it does have that famous Annie's room and the, 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 the little girl, which is all based on, on the experiences of a Japanese, I think it was a Japanese uh, medium. Yeah, well, I actually... The little doll. Yeah, well, I've been there, obviously, many times now because, um, you know, a lot of people want to go there, so I'm asked to go, so I go. But the first two or three times was the best for me. But I think that Mary King's Close can be sometimes really quite good or other times it can be quite flat, to be honest. Would you single out any particular area? Wait, 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 uh, Milton near uh, Dumbarton, Scotland. Have you uh, ever heard about that? I was there three months ago. We have uh-huh. uh, a couple of friends, and we were doing something for the media. Uh, but um, we'll leave it at that. But um, very good place. Okay, maybe I'll talk to you once. Uh, uh, it's about two minutes. 
Uh, yeah, I'd like to n- talk to you a little bit more about that, but I'll, I'll do that. I'll send you a message, and we can talk about that then. Um, anyway, Steve, go ahead. Hurry up. you got two minutes. Good, Steve. Get I was just going to – we were comparing notes about Murray King's Close. And I, I know, but Ches- I wanted to get that in. I'm sorry. Ches- Chesney's house is supposed to be the most – is the focus of, of the haunting activities there. Uh, w- did you find that there was a particular area within the Close? Well, that, 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 um, that was the very first night – the experience I explained to you, and it was in Chesney's house. Right. Chesney's house is famous also, I think we should mention to the listeners, that Chesney's house is famous for having the first kludgy, uh, sorry, first toilet in Edinburgh. I was using the colloquial term there. But um, actually, one last thing, because I know you're running out of time here. Uh, twice, I've had the same thing in Annie's room. I was told that the little girl's name isn't Annie at all. And I was I think told a lot of comedians have said it's not Annie. And I was told to shut up. Oh, you can't say that. I said, oh, well, I'm saying it. Because that's what I got. Yeah, it's surprising. Most of the mediums that I've ever been in, Mary King's closest, have disagreed with the name Annie. So just just a, an awareness thing, yeah. The Chesney's well, House for hmm, me is the best. But... Anyways, uh, we've been listening, uh, we've been speaking with, excuse me, uh, uh, Brian uh, Boyle. Uh, you can go to his website, Brian, it's B R. Y A N Boyle B O Y L E dot info. Is that correct, Brian? Yes. And we want to thank you so much for being on the show. And and I'd I'd really like to uh you know find out a little bit more about that Overton Bridge if in that area if you uh have a chance. So uh yeah. we'd like to speak about that. So anyways, thank you so much for being on the show. Great information as usual. Stephen Wyatt and I, I hope that one day um I'll pass you across. Yeah, Steve, nice to meet you. Uh, thanks again, Ron. Stay safe. You too. And, uh, well, oh, any events coming up quickly? Um, yeah, there's two or three in the pipeline. Um, I'm not very sure where they are yet. I just get a list. <laughs> all right, so check check your website, right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Good Take night. Care. God bless all. Yeah. Good night. God bless. Bye. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.